Welcome back to the Third Wheel Podcast, where you're going to be the third wheel in our conversation. I'm your host, Shaps, followed by... Caleb. All right, all right. I don't know about you, Shaps, but I'm very tired, very sick of having very guests. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We I need understand. to go on a classic Caleb mm-hmm. and Shaps adventure. Honestly, okay. Caleb, classic Caleb and Shaps yeah. adventure. Okay, every time we have a co-host on, or a, thir- mm-hmm. a, a third wheel... You know, a and little, then the audience is... A little training wheel, yeah. You know, we, we put our audience in a bed position where they're the fourth <laughs> wheel, okay? Now it's a full moving vehicle and it's driving me crazy. Honestly. Okay. We've had so many guests on and so many great conversations. We need mm-hmm. to slow our roll. And have terrible back. conversations. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go back on a classic Caleb and sure. Chaps adventure. Let's make this as awkward as possible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You ready? Cool. Go yeah. ahead. What okay. do we got today? What's on the agenda? Well, let me start off by saying we're not going to have... Oh, this is very much a classic episode because there's not even any food to try. Oh, yeah. So we're really going back <laughs> in time here. Uh, I don't know. First episode, we had the starry. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you know, okay. I will say, did you see that Pepsi's making their own like uh, ketchup? Oh, yeah. I showed you that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be hard to get our hands on, but well, that'll be a classic episode. You know why? Because yeah. it all harkens back to Pepsi. Honestly, let me tell you. it all full circle yeah, goes back to every Pepsi. every time. Ne- next time we get a spokesperson for Pepsi, that'd be really cool. 100%. So, yep. so I want to start off today by saying thank you guys for watching always, yeah. forever and always. Mm-hmm. I cherish every single one of you. I think about you a lot. <laughs> a lot. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every time we get a new sub, oh, look at this, 250 hours of watch time. People Heck really yeah, like bro. the videos you're creating. That's nice. Thanks, Dude, guys. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm very happy. What, I think uh, not too long ago we hit like 10,000 views or something altogether. Yeah, 10,000 cool. views. It says more of your videos are being looked at more often. That is 10,000 more than I ever thought. I'd uh, yeah, I, I really <laughs> thought it would take one. I, I thought we were going to get one view per episode. No, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To take 10,000 episodes guys, to get some views. My my mom just started watching this. And yeah. we've been doing this for six months. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what's it called again? She's like, what, the third? the four, For the third wheelie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, mom. I'm kidding. Up. She's not that old. But... Thank you for watching, Mom. Love you. Love that's, you. That's not the impression I was getting. I didn't think you were calling her old. Okay, cool. <laughs> she would kill me if I, if I said anything like that. So, Hey, look. It says we can now hide video ranking details oh. from our audience. I want them to see how good we're doing. Let's hide the dislike button. Wow. Well. It says plus nine subscribers in the last 28 days. Nice. That's pretty good. I like I'm that. very happy with those numbers. Like those numbers. Let's keep it going. Let's get to 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we will after this conversation. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. This one's going to be kind of a deep one. So... Let me start off with entertainment. Everyone loves being entertained. Every single person loves being entertained in their own way. I actually don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. I be the entertainer. I'm not to be entertained. I yeah. am the entertainer. This, no. is, this is bull. <laughs> <laughs> Baloney. No, everyone loves being entertained in some form or fashion. You know, And actually, entertainment has a very, very um, important role to play in culture and society. Historic history says. But also, historically... Dangerous acts, dangerous entertainment. That's also been something back in the, you know, ever since the ancient days, right? I mean, we've got the gladiator games, you know, we've got uh, freaking Houdini, you know, doing death defying stunts. But nowadays, with everything being more modernized and quote unquote more safer, is there a limit to how far an entertainer sh- can push before it's too much? Mm-hmm. You know, is death the limit or is there something before that? You know, I just watched a wonderful mini interview. With The Undertaker and Mankind, both recently, like a few days ago, the WWE Network posted this video about them looking over one of the most famous matches, if not their most famous match, Hell in a Cell, 1998. Mankind versus Undertaker. This is the famous fight, for those of you who don't know. They acknowledge it's scripted. I will say that in the video, they actually acknowledge it's scripted. So like for those of you who are like, it's so fake, yes, it's a point. It was entertainment, yeah. right? That's the hell idea. We're past that now. 
they had a script to follow, but WWE, the way it works, it's kind of a little bit more fluid. It uh, it can actually spiral in a different way. Like if something goes off script, they don't cut. They literally just keep on going, or at least the professionals do. Prime example, they're Hell in a Cell, so there's a giant cage that um, they're supposed to fight in. Well, immediately, Mankind breaks out and he starts climbing the cage, which is something you can do, right? Undertaker follows him just like they scripted, and Undertaker was supposed to toss him off the cage, right? He tosses him off the cage onto a table, and it was a really bad landing, and he broke, like, several bones in his Ooh. body. Undertaker, mind you, preference this, had a broken foot this entire time, and no he way. still fought. How did he break his foot? For, through a previous injury, like, from another fight. But he oh, still okay. came in. You could not tell. Okay. And he's walking up with a broken foot. No and way. And he tosses Mankind off the cage, breaks so many bones in his body. They take, He has a mask. Guy combat. They took out the mask. The medics came in. It was over. Like, it was completely done. Undertaker was done. He was climbing down the cage. Like, oh, crap. Like, I killed the dude. Like, everyone thought, my God, he's dead. Mankind gets up after about probably five or six minutes and continues the fight. He climbs the cage again. Broken bones and all. Broken bones and all. Doesn't even know what's broken yet. But, like, he's messed up. He was on the, like, the brink of death, essentially. He climbs the cage again. Undertaker climbs the cage again. Guess what he has to do next? Undertaker has to throw him through the cage onto the ring. And they actually, in a rehearsal, they said it was probably going to take four or five times for us to actually do it before the cage breaks. It took one time. One time, right through the ring, he goes through the cage, hits the ring. And he's like, again, done, completely done. There's no freaking way he can continue. But he gets back up. And then the Undertaker gets down in the cage, and they start fighting. They keep slapping. Mankind looks like he's not even putting up a fight. He's just taking these punches, which, again, it's part of the script. But, again, it's very fluid. But they're, they're both broken. They're both broken. Like, they're <laughs> yeah. both broken men right yeah. now. And, like, lesser men probably would have threw it or, like you said, stop. But Me. they kept on going. Like, yeah. And then um, much later, like, he's got a bloody messed up face. There was a bone in his mouth that got shoved up through his nose. Like, it was crazy, like, how... Uh, bad it was and the undertaker the entire time like under his breath he's like you gotta stop you gotta stop we can't do this anymore like we can't stop you're gonna i'm gonna kill you like we gotta stop he's yeah. like no keep going i'm fine i'm fine there's a point in the match where mankind actually has to go under the under the ring and pull out a bunch of tacks real tacks throw them on the ring and he's supposed to throw the undertaker onto the tacks but the script goes that mankind is supposed to be uh. thwarted onto the tacks so what happens undertaker choke slams him onto all the tacks and he has like hundreds of tacks right through his body right now like how much more broken can you get and on top of everything undertaker pulls a tombstone which if you don't know what the tombstone is he basically puts his opponent's head between his legs and then slams his head on the ring and then uh this taps or you know like uh, pins him right all this freaking happens and like they kept on saying like dude you could have been dead in so many freaking different ways. You know, like this entire match. You could have ended here. You could have ended here. You could have ended here. It would have been fine. People would have been satisfied. Uh, but he kept on going. He's like, the show has to go on. Like, it has to go. Like, we just have to do it. And they actually didn't like uh, the match afterwards because they were like, well, that's the only thing that everyone's ever going to talk about, you know, is like how brutal it was and how off script it was. But like they said, um, you know, to this day, they still get asked about it. So it was very clear that this is going to outlive them. Yeah. Their performance, like everyone talks about this. Even people who are not fans will be shown this clip and they're like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah. Like, even if you're not a wrestling fan, which I'm like soft court, right? It's incredible. But also at the same time, is it worth it? Yeah. If this, if they're entertaining, like these wrestlers, they're hardcore. Like they are entertainers to the bone. You right, know, like they're sure. going to do everything. They're never going to call the match, um, even if it's a serious medical emergency. Now, this was 98, so maybe a little different now, but still, like, 
a year later, Owen <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, literally a year later, ninety nine, Owen Hart, um, another very famous wrestler, did die in the ring. Mm. He was being lowered from like um, from the rafters, you know, like on a harness, and the harness broke, and he fell, and he died. Like, not instant. I don't think it was instantaneous, but he like basically died in the ring. So like. But then, you know, WWE still goes on. Like, wrestlers still goes on. You know, they still don't, don't break character. You know, like, they still keep fighting and they keep on it. Even if they get broken bones, like, they still will show up the next week. And they'll work it into the story maybe a little bit, but, like, they'll still freaking work their butts off. Um, and there's much easier jobs to do in life, especially after a wrestler. You know, like, a lot of wrestlers get into acting. Like, I feel like there's easier things to do, but some of them are just like, you know, we're doing this until we die. You know, like, until we're completely broken. Is there a limit? There should there be a limit, though. Yeah. You know, like, because, like, you do, like, obviously, Undertaker, uh, Mankind, you know, they didn't die, but, like, the next guy did. Yeah. Essentially. L- let's talk about, let's let's slow down then before yeah. we get to, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. What were they chasing after? Yeah. Was it the money? Sure. I'm, I'm asking, what, in your opinion, was it the money? I don't, again, I don't think it was the money, because I think was there's it- a... I Please think the there's fans. I think there's easier things to do, you know, for a lot more money. Yeah. Especially people of their build. Yeah. Um... That could be wrestling, like actual game, you know, like actual wrestling, right? Okay. So what are they chasing I, after? They from basically by all their accounts, it really is just for the show. It's for the fans. Okay. And I'm like that is very admirable, but like it really boils man. down to when did when did social media really have the boom to where everybody's posting videos, everyone's posting pictures? Probably like 2008, 2010, okay. so, something like that. So you said this was in '98. Yeah. Okay. All the way back. So we're still 10 years away from the big social media boom. Sure. So I think it boils down to back in '98, clout chasing. Yeah. What's clout? Do you have a good definition of clout? Uh, essentially, clout chasing is just your internet status. Yeah, exactly. Or just status and culture. But you want to get noticed. Yeah. You want people to, mm-hmm. to like your stuff. You want people to view your stuff. We see it now with TikTok, with Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, the likes. Yeah. People, sorry, I don't know if I can say this on the show, but only fans. Like, yeah. people are trying to get noticed. People are trying to make money. People are trying... A lot of the... Um, like OnlyFans, yeah, it's a good way to make money. Mm. But like, I think also a lot of it, even just on Instagram, let's yeah. let's back it back it up. It's like they want the views, they want people to look at them, mm. they want to get noticed. That's what they're looking at. Sure. Okay. So back then, you don't have the big social media boom. All you have is the mm. crowd that's filled up the entire stadium yeah. cheering you on. They're here to see you. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you or I at any stadium filming a live? Mm version of this podcast yeah. and everyone's cheering and right. now for our next guest you, like, hit, oh, you don't something... have to hit, you don't have to hit the applause button you know what i'm saying because everyone's there applauding for you right now oh and then something drops something on my foot and i break i'm like oh crap, yeah I'm oh, God. Walk yeah up. like oh. you know but like that's the thing is they they back then mm-hmm. it, it's only worse now because of social media but sure. back then they're chasing the fans they're chasing mm-hmm. that approval they're chasing like yeah do they want to put a good show on absolutely but what would drive someone through broken bone through mm-hmm. broken broken bones broken ankle um heart attacks whatever yeah, whatever yeah. stress they're putting on their body to where like man you should have died but mm-hmm. why are they pushing through that because they they it's not that they don't want to disappoint their fans it's what they want to keep that clout going they want to keep the cheers going mm-hmm. they want to be remembered they want to be noticed and seen that's what they're chasing after see i kind of disagree a little bit really okay only go ahead. because they were already famous really really famous mm-hmm. undertaker is the most famous wrestler of all oh, time oh 100% he didn't need this. Mankind didn't need this to be successful. They could have ended it right when the first injury happened, and that would have been it. It still would have been talked about. So why do they still do it? Literally, 
I think it's because in uh, mankind is the one who actually like kept it going because Undertaker the whole time was like, okay, we're done, right? Like this is a stay down. Please, for the love of God, stay down. Mankind in his head, he was probably very disoriented at the time, but like just he's in the moment where this is the something that can define you. This is something that you're meant for this, you know? I think it really was don't disappoint the fans. Mm. Because WWE, like the culture is so family oriented, believe it or not. And like keeping that dream alive, keeping the magic, like almost like Disney, <laughs> but just like keeping that illusion, you know, it's like, we got to make sure this is real. You know, like we might got to make sure this happens. Um, I really don't think, I really think it was because he just didn't want to disappoint anyone. Okay. Cause yeah. that's, that's typically, you know, what they say is that they, they cannot, that they don't want to disappoint anyone that's in their blood. That's in their culture, you know, like, uh, that's just kind of who they are. Okay, I don't know them personally, and like, were they in that documentary? So it wasn't a, it wasn't like a documentary. It was them on the couch, be, uh, being interviewed, but they were kind gotcha. of just like looking over the footage. Gotcha, like, gotcha, gotcha. This is what I was thinking of this moment. This is what I was thinking of this moment. Okay, sure. Um, and they even said they were like they hated that match afterwards. Right. It wasn't like their big magnum opus. They hated that match because all they were, all that's people all wanted to ask now. them wasn't. So that's that. another kind of tell. Like, okay, they didn't want to be remembered for this. They just wanted to put on the show and have it beginning to end. Those. That's just professionalism to 100 percent you know yeah my question is you know like should there be a limit should there be like a safeguard like hey like i admire that but for the safety you know like should we keep it or is that literally what they're meant to do in this life right you know i think safety has never been any entertainment industry's priority yeah they say it is, but like, just look at how many accidents we have. Sure. I bet you there's way more accidents than what we actually get seen on news or mm-hmm. reported. Like, uh, we talked about last episode, if this airs in the right order, yeah. we talked about how Harrison Ford broke his foot, like doing mm-hmm. Force Awakens yeah. or Indiana Jones 5. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's hurt, he keeps hurting himself. And it's like, mm-hmm. is, is safety really that big of a priority? There's a famous scene, and again, I haven't seen it, but I know the scene, The Lord of the Rings, I don't know who the character is, but he kicks a helmet. And he oh, famously yeah. breaks his foot. Well, that's an accident. Yeah, but still, like, they kept the shot. Yeah. Like, because it was real. Yeah. True. And that can be a slippery slope. I agree. Because there are some people, like, what was it? <gasps> Ooh, I got a good example when you, when you get done. I was about to say, were you about to say, um, what was that magic movie? Oh, um, no. Now You See Me? Now You See Me. The I've girl, there was, like, a scene where a girl gets put in a dunk, like, a tank mm. of water, and she literally starts drowning in real life. No way. And they keep the footage. And oh, she's literally, yeah, she's literally that. pointing to the cast, like, I'm drowning. Like, I can't breathe. Like, something's not working, right? Yeah. And they kept all the footage. Mm. Now, she was fine. She survived. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But, like, seriously, like. Yeah. Like, okay, good, good job, girl. And, then it's and like, you know, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, that looks so real. But, like, yeah. and then she, Because it know, was. A lot of the actors typically are like, no, no, I'm glad, I'm glad how it came out. But, like, is that what should be? But no. then again, like. Would we miss out on like, again, remember how I said culture is super important for, Mm. or sorry, entertainment is super important for culture. It's very important for inspiration. It's very important for ideas and getting messages across. Like, is it something that we should harp on too much? So I'm really kind of in the middle when it comes to it. Because those moments, you know, that happen, like they are moments that are remembered. They are moments that sometimes inspire people. Like seeing mankind get up after all those freaking hits 
makes me want to be better, I well, guess. Well, back know? to like, Lord of the Rings then. There, yeah. um, okay, I haven't seen it. Okay, there's yeah. a scene where the, main, the yeah. main guy, the guy that broke his foot mm-hmm. on the helmet, yeah. uh, in the first movie, an orc throws a knife at him, mm-hmm. and he, he like swings at it with his sword and like ding, knocks it out before it hits him. Right. Well, in, that, in the behind the scenes, the guy that threw the knife at him accidentally let it slip from his hand, so he actually threw a knife at him, oh and God. the guy was like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, that was a real reaction, you know? That's so he, crazy. In small instances, like yeah, that was great footage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, a less extreme example where nobody was actually nobody's life was threatened. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever watch Tarantino's movie Hateful Eight? Mm-hmm. Okay. No. No. I, I'm doing them in order. Okay. Cool. Well. Well. Side note. Where, where are you at? <laughs> um, I am. What's after Kill Bill? Kill Bill Two. <laughs> no, I mean like this. St- Yes, Kill Bill Volume 2. I, th- I don't know that. if they came out in order or not. I think they did back to no, back. No, I'm talking about like the Tarantino movies, like how they came out. I'm right. doing them in order. Now, I did watch, um, what was his first movie? This uh, is a bigger sidebar than I meant it to be. Okay, <laughs> All right. sure. You're on, yes. You watch Kill Bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so, okay, less extreme example. Mm-hmm. Sorry, said it again. Um, Hateful Eight, there's mm-hmm. a scene where one of the main guys picks up a guitar that the girl's playing and smashes mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, that, that guitar was uh, from a museum, and mm-hmm. they used it for authenticity from that time period. Uh-huh. She's playing a song on that guitar. Mm-hmm. Well, what was supposed to happen was they're supposed to yell, cut, and he takes it from her, and then sma- and, and then like they were going to swap it out with yeah. a fake one, you know, not an antique, right? And so... Nobody told that to Kurt Russell, so he, <laughs> he nobody yelled cut either. So right. he just goes on with the scene, and mm. so he takes it from her and he smashes it, and the girl says, "Wait, wait, stop! Don't do it!" <laughs> and then smashes it, and then she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" That was a real reaction because she knew they were supposed to yell cut and, sm- yeah. and, and then swap it out, but he didn't get the memo. Oh. So in like, <laughs> so, you can tell in the scene when she's like, "Wait, no, 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 yeah, don't do it!" Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> and then she's like, she she almost she doesn't look at the camera. I think she looked at the director. Wow. And she's like, whoa, 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 like, mm-hmm. you know, and then, but supposedly Tarantino's in the back, like, oh, perfect. <laughs> like he got the reaction because that, that's what he loves. He yeah. loves the candid reactions mm-hmm. to things. So he was like, you know, heck yeah. And so they pissed off the people that loaned them the guitar oh. and they were like, we're not going to do that again. We're right. not loaning out to movies anymore. <laughs> but, you know, it made the movie better. You know, sure. that's a less extreme example of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But you brought up Houdini. So was, did you have a story related to Houdini? Dude, I mean, what didn't Houdini do that wasn't death defining? I'm actually not very familiar with. I know who he is. Sure. But in every, regards to what you're talking about. Every single to short summary, every single like act he did had to be better than the last one. Mm-hmm. And all of them were death defining. OK. So all of them had to be more dangerous than the last one. Um, like jumping off a bridge, for instance, in the ice cold water, you know, like and then unchaining himself because he was chained up, like from a straitjacket, like that mm. kind of stuff. And he really like put that on the map, you know, the death defining stuff. And then even people like David Blaine, more modern times, uh, was inspired by Houdini. He wanted to top him. Yeah. The whole freezing himself. I don't know if you know much about David Blaine, but like freezing himself, you know, in Town Square for like a week or something, or no maybe way. It was a little less than that, but like. Almost a, like I wouldn't say all the time, but a lot of the time they had to pull him out early because he was literally about to die. Mm. And then like after a lot of these acts, he would be like either permanently damaged, you know, or like damaged for like a long time, like months and months and months just of recovery. Are you like, sure none of these are motivated by like, OK, but what did the you know, what did the fans think? I don't know what David Blaine. OK, because but- like he's a he's a weird cookie. He's definitely a weird cookie. 
Uh, you should probably look up him eventually, you know, because sure. he's fast, fascinating story, but like he's very quiet and uh, very secretive, I'd say, okay, mysterious, okay. you know, like doesn't really talk about a whole lot about like why he does it. Just like, oh, he did say he kind of loves being on the edge of between life and death. He loves being okay. in that moment. So where, he's not a clout chaser, I guess. He's not. You're okay. in the moment right before death and also hanging on to life, but he's like, I love reaching over to the mm. other side. Houdini was kind of similar, but he was more of like, because like he loved uh, essentially the idea of being so close, no one's ever going to get this close to death. You know, like he's going to be the only person to do it, and also show must go on. Like he's always going to mm. fulfill it, and he actually died in a very anticlimactic way. Really, uh, he got punched in the gut by a fan. Oh, so he had this famous trick, I guess, where he would uh, dare people to punch his gut. No way. And uh, he had a way of like you know repelling every single punch essentially no matter how hard people not this time but a a fan literally just ran up and punched him when he wasn't ready and Uh, that's how he died so yeah idiot yeah i was was getting ready to blame houdini for like messing up the trick no it was definitely like stupid fans it's messed up yeah people were dumb back then i Mm -hmm. bet you if he had a phone he would have been recording hey (laughs) houdini (laughs) (laughs) okay take my punch yeah that's disappointing it really is sad but like dude he also lived like one of the most incredible lives Mm. ever but is it because of who he was or because the stunts he did? You know, I think like, it's the name Houdini. Sure. Nobody, nobody's like, dude, that Houdini trick. Yeah. No, like Houdini. Everyone yeah. says Houdini, Houdini, Houdini. Mm-hmm. So I think his legacy is fine. Yeah, but like but that's a good seriously, point. Up. What is it that you remember about him? Yeah. Is it a lot of people don't even like even don't really know a whole lot about his tricks, but you know his name. You know, that's but right. like him himself, like just. There was only one person like him, or at least one person like him, willing to put his life on the line mm-hmm. for one reason or another. Just like these wrestlers, that's why not everyone can do this. Yeah, a lot of people have the potential to, but only a few people are brave enough to really put their lives on the line yeah. for the for the show for the entertainment factor. So, you how, know, do you, like, how do you feel about stunt doubles then? If we're gonna go that route, it's well to me, it's a totally different field because when you're acting. A lot of it is expression, hmm. dialogue. Um, can you convey feeling? And can you make the audience believe, you know, what you're saying is real? Stunt doubles need to make the stunt look real. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of totally different. Uh, not totally different, but they're a little bit different. Wrestlers, they have to do both. They have to make the physical stuff look real and they have to make the actual dialogue look real mm. or sound real. Uh, with acting, I couldn't really care less if an actor does their own stunts. I think Tom Cruise is very admirable, though. Yeah. I will say... Tom Cruise is one of those people who are talking about death-defying stunts yeah. for the sake of entertainment. That's what I was thinking of. Is he a cloud chaser? Because he's already one of the most famous people no, ever. Yeah, so no, like, definitely not cloud chaser. I think chaser. he generally just loves yeah. doing it. No, he wants to be the, <laughs> the I don't, only one I, who does it. Yeah, I don't think he wants to be the famous person. Because <laughs> yeah. like, like you said, he is famous. But I, I think he really wants to be... I think he just loves acting. I think he yeah. loves action movies. Like yeah. the, those Mission Impossible movies, man, they're, they're psycho. Yeah. Bro, that dude's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, like... He, and that's like, I don't want to lose that, you know, like right. by capping it or putting, you know, safety bandages over everything. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to go away, but like, there's something totally special. Like there are some, there are people who do death-defying stunts mm. all the time, not for entertainment factor, just for themselves, you right. know, climbing Mount Everest or mm. bungee jumping or air, you know, flying an airplane, like driving your car technically, you know, there's some people who are like, this is my life. This is what makes me happy. Yeah. This is what I want to be remembered for. This is just something for me essentially. Mm. 
Um, and something to give back. I love it when they just use it to give back to people. Mm. I mean, there are some kids who probably saw that match, you know, with Undertaker and we're like, and Mankind, they're like, you know what? I want to do that. I want to do something like that. I want, I'm inspired to be better than what, you know, like society tells me I can. I don't want to throw in the towel, you know, when things get rough. You know, like, mm. it can be anything. That's why I'm saying entertainment is so freaking valuable. Um, it can be abused, but it can also be used in such a beautiful way, you know, as dangerous as it can be. <laughs> uh, fascinatingly enough. But that's actually for a deeper conversation, I think, later on for like how entertainment has an effect on culture. Um, but right now, I just want to really talk about, you know, the safety. Uh, yeah. Safety and like how far people can push. Now, you okay. brought up earlier you want to talk about. Um, well, I was just thinking like uh, it, it sparked up an idea in my head for people that say like a, we, a very first episode. Shout out to episode one. Yeah. We talked about the rest shooting with Alec Baldwin. Is that what you're is that yeah. what you're telling me to bring that up? That was first episode? Oof. Yeah, a long time ago, bro. Six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to episode one. <laughs> but, okay, why were there real bullets in that gun yeah. that Alec Baldwin shot? Did, did it really add and See, make it more realistic? First of all, what I don't like about that, he wasn't in danger. Right. Well, I mean, technically everyone on set was in danger. Well, but technically like, he didn't pull the trigger, he right? Was, yeah, he wasn't, putting, <laughs> he wasn't putting himself in front of the gun. Yeah. You know, like he wasn't the one pulling the trigger. Like, who the flip cares? Who's yeah. going to know the difference between, with modern technology, who's going to know the difference between a real gunshot and a fake gunshot? Mm-hmm. No, you just want to say you use this movie yeah, exactly. with real guns. Like, right. It may even, I don't it's like, and it's probably completely unnecessary. Up until this controversy, I don't think that movie was going to do any good. No. You know what I mean? That was its one saving grace, yeah. I guess. Like, that, it's a fun fact. That's you its know? 15 minutes of fame for yeah. a movie. You know what I mean? And then Someone it died. Really cost someone's life, and like, that's yeah. irreplaceable. You mm-hmm. cannot replace yep. that. Done. And it was for a stupid reason. They didn't even know that they had to die. Like, they didn't even know it was on the li- their life was on the line. Like, it's awful. You mm-hmm. know, it's awful how... Just the abusement can like the other side of it, you know, like the darker side is like yeah. it can be abused and it's all that's the the danger, like the clout chasing part, you know. He yeah. wanted to just tell people this was made with real guns, it was mm-hmm. real stunts or whatever. Yeah. Probably because they were too cheap to get, you know, the real stuff or the fake stuff or whatever. I don't know. It's what cheaper it was. to CGI the little flash on the, the yeah. muzzle. Who you know? what what will that change? Right. You know? Will Nothing. that really make a hundred more thousand more no. people watch your movie? No. Right. Absolutely not. Great. Like real. No. I just don't think it's necessary because like with technology. Yeah. If we can CGI Harrison Ford's face and make him look young, yeah. we can put a little flat muzzle flash on the gun. I don't think it's you for know? everyone. I'm not saying that every actor should put their life on the line. I'm just saying no. there are some people who that is their thing. That's mm-hmm. their life. Um. I don't know if and that no one's saying we should, but I just don't know if we should always put a muzzle on that. No. Um, but just like really separate the two, you know, like there's a danger to it, but you know, if people just abusing it for clout and there's also just, well, how do you think about like people that, you know, they know what they signed up for, you know, they like, they signed a waiver saying, Hey, you're going to be in this movie. There's some stunts in it that could be dangerous. Like, do, do you think there's no defense for like, well, we know what we're getting into because we signed up for this. Well, there's typically a lot of um, leeway when it comes to contracts like that. Like yeah. a waiver doesn't literally just mean, okay, whatever happens, we're in the clear. There are some times where you could argue that, hey, the waiver was too long. You, everyone was signing it. You know, it was so, it's such a normal thing to do. I was going to say You're never expecting to die from When this. you're handed that, though, mm-hmm. there's some... And if you don't think about this, you're stupid. Mm -hmm. But anytime you sign a safety waiver, Mm -hmm. you understand there's some risk. That waiver is legit designed for you don't sue them if you die. Sure. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what that paper means. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're saying that anyone who signs that should be expecting, hey, 
I might die. You might die? <laughs> no. No. I don't think that should be a, like a, sure. um, a fair expectation. Okay. You can die any day for any reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, True. you could trip over something. I'm going to eat a burger again. It'll be my second burger today. I could die. You could do, die. Do I need to sign a waiver at Whataburger? No. No. So, like, <laughs> but, it, and here's the thing it's the producer's job to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now, like, if it was like something like, okay, we're going to be driving you in a, in a vehicle that's super old, like an old tank or something that might explode. You know, and you're a stunt driver. That's what you do. Stunt people, they, they put their lives on the line. Yeah. I understand that way more. Just a regular extra or just someone like on like a stagehand, you know, you may die from this. Yeah. No, I'm not. Why would I die from this? What are the chances of that happening? Like, mm. I don't think that's a fair expectation to put on people, nor should it ever happen. If it's something that's like, hey, you're likely, it's not likely, but like there's a decent chance, you know, like if things go wrong, you could die from this. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get the right people into it. And like, if they accept it, they have to accept it though. Like, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're right. This is the job, you know, like I know what I'm doing, like got to do it almost like a cop, you know, like, yeah, chances are you're probably not going to get shot, you know, like in your career, but there's always a chance, you know, you never really know. Mm -hmm. Um, and you put on the badge, you put on the uniform every single day, knowing that, you know, there's a small chance it may happen. You just a regular person. You can walk outside and you know have your life ended immediately. So, life is a risk. It's just how far, how much risk you want to add to it. Yeah, and for what reason? So, someone like Houdini, I think he he knew and he chose like I could die. Yeah, that's the life he chose. Right. Uh, you get the the rush shooting. Nobody, Alec Baldwin. No one chose yeah, it. Yeah. Nobody thought they were gonna die that day. And it, my understanding was nobody thought there were bullets in the actual yeah. gun. Alec Baldwin's an idiot for pointing it at someone who wasn't even in the movie yeah. and shooting. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But like, um, he couldn't even exercise basic gun safety. Yeah, it varies case by case for sure. sure. But someone like Houdini, someone like David Blaine, mm-hmm. they made a choice mm-hmm. to pursue that life. Okay. Yeah. Now, no one like David Blaine could could freeze themselves mm-hmm. and and think wow like uh you know am i going too far no he knew what he's he was mm-hmm. doing to himself yeah. he understood the risk and he enjoyed it is mm-hmm. what you're telling me yeah now the the wrestling thing okay there's a there's a solid defense for saying i didn't know what was broken mm-hmm. when i broke bones sure but they knew something was broken yeah they knew when they stood up something wasn't right they mm-hmm. felt that check engine light come on mm-hmm. oh, their yeah. their tire pressure no, light they, Turned and on. that's the thing, like even the opponent, his opponent knew. Like, yeah, exactly. He fell wrong. Like, because yeah. they've done this, they were hurt over, over, over and over and over and over. And over. If yeah. one thing is out of place, he did it wrong. He's yeah. got to be broken in some yeah. places. The like, Undertaker walked out there with a broken foot. Yeah. Okay. He knew. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That That's the life they chose. Yeah. What's too far? I guess only willing, as far as you're willing to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Let me, let me sum that up. So to answer your question, we're good. So I don't know. I guess it just depends. Like uh, those guys, they they, that's what they chose. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to do. It's how far you're willing to go for the fans. Undertaker and the I don't know what was the other guy's Mankind. name. Mankind. Mankind. That's really cool. Yeah. Um. I I could have seen the under the Undertaker one time. How old is he now? Is he pretty old? He's probably like late fifties now. Got gotcha. Sixty. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't look it, but yeah. He yeah. Definitely is old. I respect someone who I guess is <laughs> I guess the word is willing to die for their art. Mm-hmm. You know, good for them. But I think, you know, they knew what they were, th- I'm not going to say if they knew what they were doing, but mm-hmm. they, they, they had an idea of like, okay, we're on the verge of death. You know, Houdini, he loved that. It mm-hmm. sounds like, like yeah. he, he tried to get that, that feeling of like, I'm about to die. I'm trying yeah. to get this done. You know, um, I want to talk though about like, uh, I thought motiv- most of it was motivated by clout chasers, mm-hmm. clout chasing, 
But I would actually, uh, I'd like to talk about clout chasers. Sure. Do you know any extreme examples of like people that just for the views they do something really stupid? I mean, dude, and someone gets hurt. You can look at TikTok and YouTube nowadays. Yeah. Like everyone does it. But does anyone come to mind? I mean, I guess the obvious example would be like Logan Paul. But I know mm. there's like I don't even know half their names. There are a lot of people who like literally commit crimes like on TikTok or something. Yeah. And like get to the point where like they get people killed or seriously injured. You know, or like yeah. There was a there was a couple a long time ago, I want to say 20, whew, 17, 18, mm-hmm. who they were going to fire a gun through a dictionary. Oh, yeah. I you remember, remember that one? Yeah. yeah. So they, they shot the Desert Eagle. If y'all don't know, the Desert Eagle is that punches through houses, yes. through tanks. So they shot the Desert Eagle through, the I think, a phone book or something mm-hmm. or dictionary. I don't know. But anyway, the bullet obviously went through the book and like killed her husband, you know, and yeah. they had a kid and she was pregnant. So they got her for like manslaughter. I wonder what she's up to now. But um, <laughs> dumb, dumb men. stuff. Yeah. There's that kid over in London, I think, who. He'll like steal people's dogs, like while they're walking the dogs and feeding the yep. birds. Yeah, and that, that kid will grab them and just run off. Or walk in people's houses. Walk in people's houses, like, dude, you are like you're gonna get shot. Yes, like, I mean, I, he's if in he England, was in Texas, like, he'd different. been he shot. Would, oh my gosh, so oh, yeah. so many times over. But yeah. like, yeah, and just to just, I, I don't even know what what's entertaining about it. Like, right. who actually likes that sick stuff? You know, I don't like, know. Who wants to see stuff like that? That's the thing. I don't, I can understand why people think the gun thing would be cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, shoot the book you're holding and the bullet doesn't go through. But you never point, you know, take notes, Alec Baldwin. You yeah. never point a loaded gun at somebody and pull the trigger. Unless you're, like, that's gun safety 101. Unless yeah. you're, um, yeah, intending to destroy. To kill them, yeah. So, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> Clout chasing, it's a it's an actual disease. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a... A sickness <laughs> and like, like first okay so like the thing that undertaker mankind did that's gonna last forever yeah. stuff like this like it's you know, at least like, an interesting story because i hadn't heard of it up until you brought it up sure so, so but like little clout chasing things like you know stealing people's dogs that's gonna last less than a week yeah people are gonna right. complain about it and going then, like, viral on, and then like you're done like, yeah no one's gonna freaking remember your name that's true because all you did was be you know a dick like just seriously mm. you didn't do anything to help and those guys, you know, they did something to inspire. They did something to, you know, make mm. a mark, you know, to actually have reason. You know, they put reason to it, you know. Like, these people, all they do is, you know, be the biggest monster they can be, you know, for yeah. literally no reason other than just to get a few views. It's not even for money half the time. Right. Cloud chasing goes beyond that. It's really for the attention. Mm. Um, and sometimes, most of the time it goes a lot deeper. Like, their parents, you know, their upbringing, you know, was really bad or whatever. They didn't, get, they didn't get enough attention or their parents get them into it. So even their parents are, you know, like... Yeah, that's the thing. You're right. Social media is very fleeting. That's the best way to put it. I, I just... You're right. It just, like, it doesn't last. Because, like, it, it, you go viral. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes worth of fame. Yeah. You, you think of those old YouTube clips where these guys, like, this oh, this is what made him famous. Mm-hmm. And then, but, like, after that, like, if, if you stop uploading, who remembers you? Exactly. So, yeah. And then, like, again, if you're only remembered for doing bad things... Like you're going to be remembered for even less. You're not even going to be remembered. Like you're going to be forgotten faster because mm-hmm. people don't want to remember that. They don't want to remember something super negative. You know, they don't remember the, the really cool stuff, the stuff that they uh, were inspired by, the stuff that actually made a difference. Yeah. Um, Mr. Beast making a lot of uh, blind children see. A lot of people claim clout chasing for some reason, but like literally those kids are going to remember that for their entire yeah, forever. Lives. Yeah. 
people are going to remember, hey, remember that one? Maybe that might his, maybe not his name, but they're going to remember, hey, remember that one YouTube who actually like made a change, you mm-hmm. know, and they made these kids see like only a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> that's eternal. You know, like that goes on for a very, very long time. I don't understand that criticism of like, it's oh, just, he did it's this. It's just and jealousy, that. I think. I was going to say, because like, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and start your own YouTube channel, mm-hmm. make a bunch of money and spend it on something better, you know, do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, or just give all, like, yeah. again, it's just like jealous people who are like, maybe they're like people who just go to their high school reunions and they're mm. not happy with their lives and they're, uh, they're really mad at people who made something of themselves, yeah. you know, like who did it made a difference. Like, yeah, it's so know, easy to criticize, but there's no substance there. I was going to say, I remember a long time ago, I went to the academy for being a jailer. Mm-hmm. And the, the deal was like, you're going to get a crappy schedule, yeah. crappy days off right out the gate. Well, they had some openings for some good spots, mm-hmm. right? And I, they gave it one of those spots to me mm-hmm. because of my grades throughout yeah. the whole academy. And so I got this really good schedule. And I, I got it, and then everyone, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people were mad at me. They were mm-hmm. like, "Yo, that's not." They, they got, they started coming at me, which is mm-hmm. like, "Hey, look, I mean, I didn't, I kind of did. I got to pick the one I wanted." Yeah. But they were like, you know, I don't know. They were like, you know, it's not fair to us, right? It's like, well, sorry, like you should have got better grades, didn't you? Fail sure. one of the tests, like I'm, yeah. sorry, you know, hey, I got like straight A's that whole time, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not my fault. But like, yeah, yeah this is jealousy. They're coming at you for their mistakes or their lack of trying harder. But yeah, that's the thing. A lot of the time they don't even try. Mm-hmm. It's one thing you could try. A lot of these people don't even like try to yeah. be better. I wasn't try. handed that schedule. Yeah. You know, like I, I worked for it and I got good grades. I got mm-hmm. what I, you know, anyway. Yeah. I, I, that's the thing. It's like, if you don't like what people are doing, then go do better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm I know. wrong. Like just, I don't know. That's the thing too with, I understand there's a built in argument for like critiques, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, the same thing with critics. I want, my dad used to be like, well, then go do better. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to though. <laughs> I like critiquing. <laughs> that's a deeper know. conversation of like critics and what their the purpose yeah. is. But, I, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, I put that down on one of our topics. As far as like the public, you know, public critique, you know, like public image. <sighs> Man, you like I think like even deep down we all know what's good and what's bad, what people are doing, what's cloud chasing, and what people are doing just to make people's lives better. Mm. Mr. Beast, yeah, I'm he's not my favorite person in the world. Not for any particular reason. It's just like I don't know, like he's just just not something I watch. But man, he does a lot of good. And yeah. he inspires people to do really good stuff, you know? Remember that. Like focus on that stuff, you know. Like even if you don't like the guy, like what he's doing. You don't have to like, you know, like it 100% or hate it 100% like one or the other, you know? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I think I think we've explored that then very well. Mm-hmm. Cloud chasing, I, I need more just, we can react to stupid TikTokers, you know, sure. just pull like some of their stuff at some point. But It's all going to be the same message, like the same thing over and over I agree. Again. So I don't know, man. We're running out of legends, that's for sure. <laughs> legends, dang. That's, that's a hard thing to think about. And with like Twitter, how it is, like... In one second, a legend could be deplatformed and canceled for some reason. You mm. know, like it's just not the time for it anymore. It's mm. not the time to have heroes. It's kind of sad in that way. Dang. Yeah. Does anyone still inspire you? Anyone still? Yeah. It. You like growing up, all all celebrities. You know, inspire. You know, specifically celebrities who inspired me, um, just to be better, just be bigger, just be stronger. You know, and to be tougher. Um, and to be nicer, you know, like to do good things, uh, whether from a movie or TV show or just like people in general. Um, nowadays, it really just, I mean, I guess it shows maturity. Um, it's just people I know. I have um, a mentor. I have like a couple mentors actually, you know, for specific moments in my life. 
But those are, they're not famous by any means, but they're definitely like, they mean a lot to me because mm. they made, they helped me to develop who I am, you know. Um, obviously, I still have, you know, people like <laughs> Gugu Gaga over, uh, love The Undertaker, love Mankind, you know, those guys are amazing. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker actually lives here in, uh, like in Austin, Texas. Nice. Okay. Uh, Cause he was at the Fan Expo in Dallas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really yeah. cool guy. Yeah. Uh, really chill dude. But like, you know, it's really cool to have like celebrity idols, I guess, or just like role models, but like, don't get caught up in just the fame aspect. Get caught yeah. up in the mess. Like, remember the message they're trying to convey. Yeah. So someone who I very much looked up to, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I still do, but I'm with you. Like, I don't idolize celebrities anymore. Yeah. But back in the day, what somebody I really did look up to was like Sylvester Stallone. Sure. Um, one just, I, I got so enamored by the role mm-hmm. of Rocky. Okay. Have you seen all the Rocky movies? Um, no, but I've seen all the Rambo movies. Okay. Well, I've seen the first, not the same. I've thing. seen the first two Rockies. <laughs> well, do you know what he went through to get Rocky made? Um, hell, but yeah, other than yeah. That, not so, details. and and the the big thing was like he was told, "You'll never act. Mm-hmm. You'll you know you're not a good actor." Which you know I understand what they meant because mm-hmm. like he he's got he's not, he doesn't have the actor like voice. He doesn't he's have also the got actor the, face, the mouth or the thing in his face. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't know if he had a stroke at some point, yeah. but yeah, I I know what they mean. They'll mm-hmm. say he'll never act. Yeah. So. Um, I'd have to watch a full documentary, but I know he sold his dog. He sold to, I think, to a smaller studio the script, but on the condition that he got to play the lead character. It's very much the yeah. story that's in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Just like, yeah, which is so cool because, like, then you know when he's acting, quote unquote, it's really coming from a real place. Mm-hmm. He understands it, just like um, uh, Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, forget Will Smith now. Right. Back then. The scene, the famous scene where he's talking about his dad, you know, and yeah. his dad left him. How come he don't want me? His dad really did that to him. So he came from like a real, play, realistic place, mm-hmm. you know? And that is so relatable to people. Uh, kind of like Sylvester Stallone, you know, it's like just, that's why I love the Rocky character. You know, he's very relatable. It's a Cinderella yeah. story. He mm-hmm. actually had a lot of flaws. Mm-hmm. He was like a, he was like a mob enforcer, basically. You know, like he yeah. wasn't a great guy. Right. But he had so much potential. And then the relationship between him and his coach, you know, like that was just like, great mentorship you know and you get to see i fell in love with that story as a kid yeah you know what i'm saying so the heart in it uh another role i mentioned rambo first blood specifically is the only real film i really love um it's one of my most famous scenes in all of cinema have you seen it of course the very end when like okay to preface this movie essentially he's um vietnam vet i think He's coming home and everyone hates him because at that time everyone he hated, you know, Vietnam vets coming home. Like yeah. everyone hated them. So like even before, like he's a even before um he gets to do anything, people just have this prejudice against him and they start giving him mean looks and they start treating him horribly. And he's holding back the entire time and eventually like he just goes full, quote unquote, with Rambo, you know? And then he goes like on a rampage, right? <laughs> Until the very end when uh the general, basically the person, his father figure who made him who he was sits down and that's the only person in Rambo's life he'll let get close to him. Mm-hmm. And he sits down and he's the only one who can calm him down. And then Sylvester Stallone just goes on like this rant, basically uh, the character in the Rambo goes on the rant, like kind of explains everything that's been happening throughout the movie. But the fact that it's happening to him his whole life, mm-hmm. that's been his whole life and no one's ever going to understand it. Um, and this saying like, he's seen all of his friends die, you know, like, and no one's ever going to understand that or he's been built as a weapon and that's it. Mm-hmm. He can't do, he can't live life normally. Like that's right. just not who he is. And the general's like, yes, I know that, you know, like his, 
but you've just got to understand, you know, like the world, like they're not going to accept you for that. Yeah. And then she just gives like this most amazing perform, one of the most amazing performances I've ever seen. It still gives me chills to this day. I still rewatch it every once in a while. Um, it shows me that he can absolutely act. Oh yeah. Like 120%. Yeah. Um, but I do remember that as a kid. I remember yeah. that being like, I remember watching a movie, a cool movie about, you know, a guy who goes on a rampage. Right. And then at the very end, I'm like, Oh wow. Like I'm very like, I don't know how to process this. Right. There's so much real emotion and raw emotion to it based off his acting and also like the storytelling, you yeah. know, but like, see that, that ties back to what we were talking about earlier for this episode was yeah. like, how much should you suffer? Cause like he was suffering where like he went into yeah. debt, he sold his dog, mm-hmm. he did all these things to get this movie made and then, yeah. it, and it paid off. Yeah. But there, there are so many people that do that, take mm-hmm. that risk and it doesn't pay off. Yeah. And that's the thing. But again, I think it just harkens back to like, that's the choice that they made. That's yeah. the sacrifice that they made knowing full well that maybe it won't work out. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just how, that's how life is sometimes. Sure. Uh, can you imagine if we stopped everything we were doing, you quit your job, I quit mine and we uh, cashed out our retirement yeah. and we bought all this equipment, you know what I mean? And we're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going all in on this. And then like we, we upload our first video, right? Mm-hmm. And 10 views, yeah, you know, whatever, it. 15 views. And it's just like, you know, and we were putting the work in, but like sometimes it just doesn't work that way where it just like instant success yeah. overnight. You know what I mean? If it ever comes. If it ever comes, exactly. You know, so. Um, we were very lucky to live in the day where anyone can just, have a platform. Exactly. And that's the thing, want. like, well, just be realistic about it. Like this mm-hmm. is like a part-time gig and we're like, you know, we worked up to buying the good equipment. We worked yeah. up to different content. We're looking at, you know, I got that spinoff show now with Darcy. Mm-hmm. It's small, sa- small sacrifices, like yeah. small sacrifices mm-hmm. in the hopes that, you know, something comes out of it. And I'm, here's the thing. You, we've said it over and over again, even if nothing comes out of it, you guys are still here. We're doing this for you guys. And mm-hmm. also I enjoy it. Caleb enjoys it. Like, mm-hmm. It's for us just as much as it's for you guys, you know. Um, and I don't mind doing it at all. I'm on, I don't mind doing small sacrifices. I'm not going to freaking sell my car for this. Right. No, uh, because you no. know, it's just not wise anymore. It no, never it really is. But, um, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm glad this is like, like you said, free, you can do it in your spare time. Yeah. I right now I have the time where I can commit once a week, sure. releasing an episode and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. like, you know, I don't know. It's just like, it's fun. And I, I really, you know, like, again, I mean, this kind of get this whole conversation, you know, like really makes me feel better about what we're doing because like mm-hmm. i never once thought this is going to give us money yeah this is going to make us famous this or is I, going to get i'm going to come die I'm, a, I'm i'm sacrificing i might die for the for yeah exactly show. <laughs> like, once, like it's more like but i am doing it for people mm-hmm. i'm doing it for me and do it for you but also doing it for people who watch you know mm-hmm. like you seem to like it you know and that's awesome you know like i'm yeah. going to do more you know like i really like it i'm going to do more you know just to like kind of please everyone at the yeah. same time you know um Whatever stupid things we have to say, you know, uh, if you like it, awesome. That's free. I can talk. Yeah. I can run my mouth for free. <laughs> I don't have to spend all this money on it. Sure yeah. thing. Yeah. I did, though. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I love, dude, Stallone, uh, I, I, I'd i say he's one of my heroes. I look up to him quite a bit. Yeah. If he ever comes to the Dallas Fan Expo, I'd pay to see him. Sure. Another actor that I very much look up to as well is uh, Tom Wilson. Mm-hmm. The guy that plays Biff from Back to the Future. Interesting. Yeah, because he he's in a lot more things than you'd think. He does a lot of voice acting. Mm-hmm. He also does stand up. I've done stand up before. Yeah, um, it's hard, but like he he basically he's got so many talents, and so like he plays um, 
He's in a bunch of SpongeBob episodes. He plays the Tattletail Strangler. No way. He plays. Of course, that's him. He plays uh, the Salty Spittoon bouncer. <laughs> Welcome to the Salty Spittoon. Like that's him. That's crazy. Um, he's he does a lot of voice acting. Oh, dude! On top of that, yeah. like Tom he's, Kenny is a great. He's yeah, great too. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, um, speaking of Back to the Future, I really love Michael J. Fox. Mm. Specifically, he just know, had a documentary come out. He didn't just, he? I need to watch yeah. that because, like, yeah, talk about like just hard life and also persevering through persevering through like so much i mean there was a time where he was like literally the face top yeah. of his game everywhere you cannot escape him and then gets high into this horrible news you know and like it's choosing to not only like keep going but also to smile and laugh did he keep going i actually want not to bring this so up. much with acting i was gonna more say like he really focused on um his foundation, the Michael J. Fox Foundation, mm. um, and okay. really focused on like that. Okay. But also like in interviews, he obviously he can't. He really just can't act anymore. He just it's almost impossible for him, uh, which is really sad. But he really tries to still make connections with people. Mm. He still does interviews. He still does like promote his foundation, uh, Parkinson's disease, I think. And then um, yeah. but again, to make it better for people who are like him, you mm -hmm. know, like. That's really cool. He's doing something really yeah. cool that's worth it, you know? And this okay. is to I was donate gonna to ask. research that will be, you know, forever. Hmm. I was going to ask your opinion. I was wondering, do you think he just kind of rolled over and gave up? I don't think so at all. Okay, because, yeah, um, I know he gave up acting, basically. Yeah, but, like but I didn't know he did so much behind the yeah, scenes Yeah, people stuff. don't really realize, and he's very humble about it, but people mm -hmm. don't really realize he had to give it up. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, it hurts, or it's, you know, it's a little uncomfortable, like, he generally cannot do it anymore. Because mm. um, if you've seen an interview, he actually, like, he says, um, he's, I think he described it, don't quote me, I think he described it like when he's looking at his interviewer, he has to bring all focus to staring at this person. Whenever he talks, though, he breaks focus and he has to move his head, like, all the way around mm. the room. That's how he concentrates when he talks. Mm. So if he really hones in on it, hones in on it, he can stare, you know, and focus on someone, but it's, like, driving him nuts. Um, and then like, you know, just moving is hard for him and talking is hard for him. So it's like, dude, you have every excuse, you know, just to give up, but right. he chooses not to. Right. He actually does a, a lot of behind the scenes work, yeah. which is okay. really, really I cool. actually didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I love that. Mm -hmm. Good. I'm glad. That's the thing. So people like that, I look up to. Yeah. They're, they're the loud mouth guys on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I like Mr. Beast. I like what he does. Sure. I think he does a lot of good work. I don't look up to him. Sure. Yeah. Because, like you said, like sure, maybe the kids that he helped with blindness, sure, they can yeah. look up to him. That's fine. But like, I don't see him as anything more than an entertainer or someone who's doing stuff to, you know, not, maybe not profit off of, mm -hmm. but like he, I think he makes very wholesome videos. Mm -hmm. But I don't look up to him as someone who's doing good work for the sake of doing good work. I don't think that's his main motivation. Yeah, that's kind of like the biggest debate, isn't it? You know, yeah. what his motivation is. That's right. another conversation. But for me... Yeah. And I don't know him. You know what? For some people, he may be that person. Sure. And The but, people that he healed blindness from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just them. <laughs> they literally them. can look up to him now. <laughs> the first people they look up yeah. to. Uh, for me, I don't know if it's just because I'm too old or because like it's not my thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, good for him. Good for people who he helps out. Yeah. Obviously, it's a debate whether he's doing it for the money or sure. not. Like, whatever. Yeah. You would do the same exact thing if you were in his position. I would. I, yeah, um, I can't criticize him for that. But yeah, there are just there are some people. I guess you know, like when I was growing up, it really is when you're younger. Yeah. You really develop, you know, these role models, and they kind of help shape you. Again, going back to the entertainment is so valuable because it shapes 
a big part of you. Yeah. That's how you learn a lot of things. That's how you learn life values. Mm-hmm. That's how you learn social cues. Yeah. That's how you learn how to be yourself. Mm. Oddly enough, you know, even though it's supposed to be a portrayal of someone. Um, Harrison Ford. I look up to him. I look up to Mark Hamill, you know, all the Star Wars cast, you know, Carrie Fisher definitely looked up to her. Um, cause those, those people were nobodies and George Lucas, I very much look up to him because he was taking the biggest risk of them all betting on a franchise that no one wanted. Mm. And now it's one of the biggest names ever, you know, like uh, I don't look up to George, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> I think I've said this before. I look up to George specifically because I'm a softcore writer. Like I don't really write for people. Yeah. I just write for myself and my friends, mm-hmm. but I do have like story ideas and I'm always like, uh, I don't know, you know, like what to do with it. I don't know if he would ever become anything, but he had a story, you know, like in his own head and he made it happen. Mm. So that was way before suits got involved, before executives could say what he had, could and could not do. He made it all happen, you know, love it or hate it. He made it all happen, you know, with his vision. Um, a lot of people helped, but it was ultimately his vision, you know, like to see it through 100%. Um, whether it made sense or not. And I have to admire him for that. Yeah. So like as a writer, you know, that makes me feel better. But yeah, it's okay to have a role model. It's yeah. okay to look up to celebrities. I don't right. think anyone's saying, or yeah. some people are saying you shouldn't right. look up to them at all, but like, we need people like that. And that's that. what looking up to people is, is like mm-hmm. someone who you aspire to be like yeah. or makes you better. So, mm-hmm. so someone like Tom Wilson, I think he's like the older version of me. <laughs> If yeah. I was famous, like I, I don't mm-hmm. think I'll ever be famous, but if I was, you know, he, uh, like he, he is married with kids now, but like before, like he didn't just settle for just being Biff. Like he, yeah. he, he started doing stuff he wanted to do. He learned how to play the guitar. Yeah. He did stand up. Mm-hmm. He started making music. He started making jokes that were funny. Yeah. He got, he started playing roles that He's I like to watch. He's so naturally funny. Yeah. He's hilarious. He's hol- Dude, he is <laughs> funny, funny. Like I, I watch him when he's getting interviewed. Yeah. And he's like, he's just, he just goes into it like I would, you know what I mean? When I'm with people, you know, like he's just a funny guy. Mm -hmm. Same thing, uh, Stallone, bro. Like he just built his whole life. Like he just knew what he wanted to do. He didnn't let whatever's wrong with his face. Yeah. (laughs) Like he didn't let that dictate where his life was going to go. Like um, a lot of people, there are a lot of Sylvester Stallones out there that'll never be noticed Mm -hmm. that may make the same sacrifices, but will never get it, never get the same amount of success. Yeah. But, um, another great example is actually um, Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Love Quentin Tarantino. He's my favorite director. He is Hands so good. Down. And actually, I feel like, even though he, like his personality is pretty you know, extreme, a lot of the things he does, a lot of the decisions he makes, I can relate to. It's sure. something that I would do if I was a director. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He's always fighting everyone. Mm-hmm. For Reservoir Dogs, the first film you know he really made, that was on the budget of like... <laughs> Two cheese sandwiches, essentially. Like, yeah. He just barely got it made. No one wanted it. It was supposed to, it was no, everyone thought it was crazy. Yeah. And it was like, you know, one of his most famous films, but also just one of the most famous films of all time. Yeah. Like, everyone loves Reservoir Dogs. Everyone freaking loves when he makes movies. Yeah. And it's always like that, you know, like, no, he does things that are so unique that no one would ever do or, or would think to do. Well, he's only just now in a position where now he's telling other, now he's in control. Like sure. he's always been in control, but like you say, he's always been fighting people. Every single yeah, moment. Now but, he actually yeah. has finally respect yeah. he deserves. Right. Um, and that's when he decides to retire. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> dude, and good for him yeah. for having an end goal. Yeah. He says he's going to make one more movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does. 
Yeah, and he's ten movies. Ten altogether. From basically from the beginning, he said that he's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't even know if it's gonna be uh, Kill Bill two or Reservoir Dogs two. You know, like maybe who knows? He probably knows. But like, yeah. good for him for saying like he's kind of young, so he could do movies, movies, movies all the time. But he only yeah. does it when he wants to. Have you seen his interview with Robert Rodriguez? I think so. Yeah. So it's funny because that was a two parter. I love Rodriguez. I love him too. Yeah. So they're they're talking to each other, and he's like, and Rob Rob Rodriguez has been in his house a few times, and he'll find a script. <laughs> Like that he that Tarantino hated and ended up just like I'm throwing it in this box like yeah. I don't want it mm-hmm. and then like Robert Rodriguez is looking at it, he's like dude this is like perfect he's like dude I just didn't like how it looked he's like he's like you know <laughs> it, like what what's trash to Tarantino is like Hollywood someone else's treasure like, right, literally exactly. like you know and it's that's crazy but to he's me. just so yeah. like such a um, perfectionist he's so comfortable and he's yeah. so um, conscious and. Uh, secure about himself and his ability yeah he doesn't care if you hate his movies right he generally is just going to make what he wants exactly and he knows they're and, gonna be great and he's at in, he's in a spot where like he doesn't have to worry about that yeah you know what i mean because like you look at um dude pulp fiction mm-hmm. dude like uh he, he he was a i love pulp fiction that's like my favorite movie <laughs> oh, yeah. anytime i eat a big burger i'm watching that <laughs> scene with yeah there. big kahuna burger but <laughs> He's the only one that's ever told Harvey Weinstein, at least that I know of. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's more, but he's the only one that's ever like put Harvey Weinstein in his place. Wow. Aside from the controversies with him sure, yeah. hurting actresses. But he's the only one where Harvey like came in and was like, hey, Tarantino, I got to talk to you about this. And mm-hmm. Tarantino was like, I'm not changing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then Harvey's like, okay. And then left. Yeah. You know? He's the only one that's been able to do that because like Harvey Weinstein at the time was the guy. Like you, you did whatever he told you. You yeah. know what I mean. And now, for the most part, he was good about staying away from hurting people's visions. But mm. like, but there were times where he was trying to tell Tarantino to cut something out, and he's like, "I'm not doing it." No. And then yeah. Harvey just had to go with it, you know. And it paid off. So it's just yeah, like little stories like you know the. I don't think I'd look up to Tarantino though. But I, I understand. When I look up to Tarantino, right. I look up to him as a director, just like yeah, absolutely. his passion for film and passion yeah. for creating something for fans, you know, mm-hmm. and also just to tell his story. I love storytellers. His personality is extreme. That's why I preferenced it before. Obviously, he's gotten he's gotten into like big rants and anger, mm-hmm. like arguments. He doesn't support for no, police. For no reason. Yeah, yeah. He's a lot of things not to like about him. However. Yeah. I love his movies. Yeah. He's just a really creative talented and guy as long as he's not a big pervert then i think we're okay i'm okay Honestly. supporting him i don't i don't allow people's personal beliefs to tie into a movie okay. obviously because i saw the flash ezra miller goes sure. crazy and does all these things yeah. i still watch the movie watched it for free though so sure. can't fight me yeah. but uh it, for me it's case by case i think i said before sure. um there's some people who are like genuinely no i just don't want to yeah um, that's fair but like most of the time i'm like yeah i, I don't care doesn't like, bug me that much doesn't bug me yeah guys we're in at an hour mark um i am very happy this is a good discussion mm-hmm. what do you think were you happy with this one fantastic it was yeah, good it was great yeah i love this new equipment i'm gonna keep saying it for the next few episodes it's yeah. pretty great we we're able to pause it and come back mm-hmm. <laughs> so i mean nothing ever happened yeah this was one fluid conversation yeah we didn't yeah. have like five six different people come in yeah here. we didn't have 20 interruptions <laughs> so there wasn't a maintenance guy here to spray the place down <laughs> no all right guys thanks for joining us this week we'll see y'all next time absolutely have a good one bye